Hey Matt, what's uh what's today's date? The nineteenth. Oh, it's May nineteenth. It's May nineteenth. Are you ready? If you're not done with that. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Welcome to the Two Words Podcast. My name is John, and with me, as always, is my coworker Matt Coker. And yes, today is the day of we're recording is May 19th. That is the anniversary of the day that Kane's mother and sister were burned to death in a gruesome fire, and oh. he became... Very, very kayfabe, not real. And he became Kane. No, all real. It happened. And they they made a story out of it. They sure did. Well, welcome. Uh, it is our season finale. We have made it through season th- three seasons. People are still listening. Three seasons. That's it's, it's Man. insane. And I think that we have one of one of the episodes I've looked forward to the most, which is a uh, a a an episode titled "The Undertaker." Bong. Because today we are doing our 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 seasonly our what what do you call it when you do it every season? Season. Uh, uh, I can't our, think of anything but our seasonly season now. regular. <laughs> seasonly is the word I gave you. Uh, our our season regular. Uh, it's got to be a gimmick of <laughs> our semi term finale focus. <laughs> it's called Baba. He'll tell us. Um, it is the it is the it is our wrestler focus uh, as we do on our last episode, uh, and we have chosen the phenom, the dead man, the Undertaker, and and I am very much so looking forward to this uh, this conversation. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Um, but first. Uh, hey yo, Ric Flair is going to be wrestling again at 76, 73. You remember the, when, uh, when Shawn Michaels retired him? Yep, <laughs> I do. I'm glad that stopped. This isn't even the most recent match since that happened. I know. Um, the 73 year old legend is scheduled to have one last match on an independent card at the Nashville Fairgrounds. <laughs> Do not believe it'll be the last match. The match will stream on Fight TV on July 31st. The two-time Hall of Famer has not stepped into the ring since uh, September of 2011 oh, against really? Sting on Impact. Yeah, that was that long ago. Yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit. Okay, I mean he's given he's given the occasional elbow drop. Uh, I guess yeah, he's not been, been he's not been shy about getting physical in the ring. Yeah. But I guess some matches, he's okay. somehow so old and yet so much younger than I thought he was, <laughs> because I feel like I feel like Ric Flair has been seventy three for you know twenty years now. <laughs> he just he started off looking old. That's true. Uh, hey yo, I got a couple uh, John Morrison updates for you. Give me some John, some 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 old Johnny Nitro. 
Well, first of all, uh, anybody who was watching uh, AEW Dynamite this past week uh, found out that Mr. Johnny Elite debuted as the uh, Joker entrant in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Really cool. Really neat. Glad he's there. Hope he sticks around. Uh, but the uh, <laughs> the weirder one is I think we talked about this last year. Maybe the it was, might, might have been the first season where we talked about a web series called Dad. Yeah, remember me telling you about this? I do remember where you it's telling like me. The, about it's this. like this weird character who's like a robot version of an actual dad of an actual like weird robot family that lives in the basements of YouTube. Um, feeds the server, all kinds of weird things. And in his big, like, Act 3 finale that he did of this story that he's telling on YouTube, he had John Morrison appear as Alpha, who's also like a robot, but okay. like a, just the, the Alpha version of uh, these these characters. Well, all that to say, the character who plays Dad, which I can't remember his name at this moment, but you can look it up on YouTube, uh, was in was uh, asked to be a part of the new Creator Clash uh, boxing series, which takes two YouTube personalities and puts them up against each other. Okay. Um, and his trainer was Johnny Alpha. I mean, <laughs> hey, Alpha was there in his corner, and this scrawny dad guy took out this other scrawny kid who I've never heard of in like twenty two seconds. <laughs> I mean, but he, but celebrity he claimed, boxing match. He claimed in his interview, though, that he got good enough to take out Johnny Alpha, so he knew he was going to take out <laughs> <laughs> John Mo- John 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 Morrison Rot- John Mitchum. I think is his real name. Mitchum Mitchum. Uh, he, the dude that he, it just can't be real. Like. <laughs> He's not a real human being. <laughs> He's some other species that we haven't even heard of. Oh, um, it's ridiculous. Hey, yo, did you see Nikki Bella suplex a lady on America's Got Talent? Say, huh? That's a statement I didn't think I'd ever say. Wait, what? Uh, yeah, so there was a, an America's Got Talent Extreme uh, oh, that's, hosted. That's right, that's what they're doing this year. Hosted yeah. by. Uh, or the judges are Nikki Bella, um, former uh, dirt bike uh, enthusiast Travis Pastrada, <laughs> which if you were uh, if you were a high school student in 2005, you're very familiar with him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the extreme Simon Cowell. Um, <laughs> but I was on my lunch break today, and I was watching. I was flipping through, and uh, yeah, this this group of women um, dressed like they were in an Olivia Newton-John music video, gotten these four tubs of Jello, like inflatable pools of Jello, and they were doing like this really terrible fake wrestling, and like they were like. Very doing very bad chair shots and like screaming a whole bunch. It was very, very odd. You have to just look it up. Um, but Nikki Bella was like, I just can't. No, this is how you do it. And she just got up and one of those ladies just let her 
It was like a fisherman's suplex. It was, and it was a good suplex. It was very clean. Like it was, um, you know, Nikki could probably get back in the. I bet Nikki could get back in the ring right now if He's been doing we right. asked her yeah. to. I, I uh, I'm surprised by that. I'm gonna need to watch that. Yeah, you really do because it's a very <laughs> America's Got Talent is getting off the rails. Uh, hey yo, quick rumor department area here. Uh, MJF. Might be on his way to the WWE. Might be following Mr. Cody Rhodes over. Oh. Uh, rumors are is he is unhappy with his role in AEW right now. His contract is up soon. And there are rumors Cody has been trying to poach him to uh, come on over. I mean, obviously, though, like you have to, you have to. Right. Like, if there's a guy that's available that you, you have to to look at it's mjf there's Absolutely. he is he is the guy yeah um can you imagine an mjf and miz faction just just, just <laughs> all the ego on earth it's it, that that's that's a lot that's just be but like mj they're two different breeds of trash talker true um <laughs> And and MJF would not be allowed to be the AEW MJF. You don't think so? I I st- <laughs> I still go back to to MJF and Sammy Guevara feuding when AEW kind of started, mm-hmm. and uh, MJF. The line that turned me on to MJF, uh, he made Sammy Guevara like puff his chest up, and MJF said. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I take time? Uh, did I make you take time out of selling Adderall to teenagers? <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious. Like, it's such a very specific breed of hate. I don't think I don't think you can say things like that just yet <laughs> on WWE television. You got um. Well, I'm looking it up because it was one of those weird things. Uh, because as as you guys know, we missed uh, we missed an episode here a while back, um, and I'm I just wrote I, for some dumb reason I just wrote in my notes uh, Colliery Championship Wrestling, and that was all I put. So now I'm looking up so why now you I don't remember. Now I'm trying to remember. <laughs> so apparently, this independent wrestling company uh, put on a death match that was so bloody that the police were called. Oh, like they were so aggressive (laughs) that that somebody was like, somebody should get the real security here, (laughs) the real police here. And I just, you know, (sighs) independent guys got to stop doing that to themselves. (laughs) They really do, because there's just no reason to do it. Like, because what are you trying to prove here? And And the thing is, like. (laughs) <laughs> what are you gonna do? Take that to the WWE and right. be like, "Well, this is my this is no." Nobody wants that. You're now. not. Not um, these days. <laughs> unless uh, the rumors that Paul Heyman might be bringing ECW back are true, which I, I don't think they are. I have not heard that. I've heard that somewhere, um, but I think that was kind of in the same vein of uh, rumors that um, they were gonna do like a cross promotional Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega. Oh, which I would not. Like I'd be, I'm there for the buildup. I'm not there for the match. Right. Um, Roman Reigns is is just not. not Can we just talk about Roman Reigns' in ring performance lately? Because <laughs> it is not matching his out of ring. Right. It's not matching his buildup, and I'm just, I'm very 
saddened by all that because I think because I think he's a good I think he is talented I think he's very very good you yeah. know it was like a it was it's what it's been 10 years since since the shield came out and was doing all that and he was great in the shield and he was you know the the problem that I had for we had for so long is that his character was garbage but he could wrestle in the ring he could put on a show in the ring right. um, and now it's almost flip-flopped and I don't I don't like that as much mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah. Hey, yo. Uh, while there has been no official announcement from WWE about their futures, it appears Sasha Banks and Naomi will be remaining with the company, uh, with reports that uh, noting that they are not expected to be released, probably because of AEW's existence. Yeah. Uh, this comes after Banks and Naomi walked out of WWE Raw earlier this week, leaving the Women's Tag Team Championships on John Laurinaitis' desk. Their issues uh, were said to stem from frustration with the booking of the women's tag team titles and the division as a whole. The belts were set to be de-emphasized in the coming weeks in favor of Naomi and Banks challenging for the Raw and SmackDown women's titles. And they didn't like that. Which I think is a, a noble reason to to fight back. Like giving, you know, not wanting to just crap on women's uh tag team wrestling yeah totally so because that would that would feel like a nail in the coffin kind of thing yeah for the whole division i was not a big fan when i heard about that um i didn't really know whose side i needed to be on Mm -hmm. because i wasn't really sure whose side was the truth because there's always the truth and then there's what somebody else says sure um and you can definitely tell from reading the report from uh WWE's people like you're not telling the whole story mm-hmm. um, and you could probably definitely tell if Naomi and Sasha Banks told their version of the story like you wouldn't get the whole story from them yeah what one uh, one guy said I saw him on uh, on on one of the wrestling one of wrestle talk as they call it WrestleTalk. I believe uh, the TikTok wrestling community oh wrestle talk um, wrestle talk not wrestle talk which is an actual podcast and TV or a YouTube channel yeah um, the 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 TikTok sphere of God. of wrestling uh, one guy said you know imagine um, becoming a tag team champion for the second time. And for the second time, still being told you're going to f- have to focus on singles wrestling mm. and you're not going to be do- doing any more tag. Like, they're they're right. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm aware, you know, they're and that's always been our complaint from the very beginning is there's there are no tag teams in there are no women's tag teams. Yeah, there are women's singles competitors there who have, in the tag there, team championship. There have been. And they've been either fired or broken apart and then fired. Oh, my stars. We were talking. <laughs> I was talking. Who was I talking to about um, Absolution and uh, what was the other one? The guy? Riot Squad. Riot Squad. And then they just the like, Iconics. like nothing. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of good ones that they yeah. just like. Let's let's crap all over this. You know, and, and I and I think that's a problem with the 
with the whole tag team division, men, men and women, true, is that there really aren't, you know, SmackDown. Uh, they're not enough. There's, yeah. there's some. More you know, for the, for, the, for a while there, you know, you had the Usos and New Day, and you had the Street Profits and mm-hmm. um, the Viking Raiders, and and they started building that up, and it looks like they're kind of backing off of that again, um, which I'm not super psyched about, but. <laughs> You That's know. all I got, by the way. Um, uh, see, hey, yo, uh, you see that Stephanie McMahon is uh, taking a step back. From she, the uh, company as a whole? Yes, she tweeted uh, today, actually, May 19th, um, at uh, early this afternoon. As of tomorrow, I'm taking a leave of absence from the majority of my responsibilities at WWE. WWE is a lifelong legacy for me, and I look forward to returning to the company that I love after taking this time to focus. This all comes after uh, Triple H has also taken a step back from his responsibilities after having uh, some heart issues back in September. Right, right. right. Um, and I, I don't know. It just kind of seems like maybe... It, there's there's two there's two things. One uh, probability is burnout. Like yeah. they both they've all just been going at you know a thousand miles an hour for thirty years now, and they've got kids sure. and they've got lives and they you know um, you know Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, especially Stephanie McMahon that she, you know while she has some things outside of WWE, she has not experienced life outside of WWE. That's kind of true, yeah. You know, she has not do what Shane did. Yeah, no, he didn't go. She didn't go and like find a whole bunch of companies and stick with them, and then you know leave WD. That didn't really happen. Um, and so you know, this is probably just a time to venture off. Uh, one other thing that I think maybe they're preparing for them to have to take over because you know eventually at some point we keep saying it. Eventually, it's going to be true. You know, Stephanie. Uh, Vince McMahon can't keep going. I know we keep saying that, and he just keeps proving us wrong. Yeah. Um, I feel like the that they may be ramping up for you know. Let's just take some time before we have to get really in deep. I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's equally likely that they'll take over, or that the company will be sold and completely restaffed. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. That seemed like a. A one hundred percent definitely going to happen thing. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah, I don't feel that same uh, assurance these days, but we'll see. Yeah, but who if knows? that's the case, that's probably a good idea. Um, and then two more things. Uh, hey, yo, did you see that? Um, Parker Bordreau, more recently known as Harland, uh, was uh, scheduled to be in uh, Judgment Day, Edge's new faction, and he was going to be the fourth fourth man on that team. And uh, like right up until the day before he got fired, that's right, he got fired. Um, yeah, or Future Endeavored, whatever it, whatever it is Endeavored. you're calling it. Um, which that could have been a really cool opportunity for him, though. Yeah. He has a good look. He would have been. He would have fit. Really well in there. Um, I now, wish. I wish I had seen that. So now the rumored fourth mem- fourth member fourth yeah. member uh, is either Finn Balor or Tommaso Ciampa. 
I would stick with Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. Um, I thought that I, I thought that Finn Balor had kind of more sided on with AJ Styles and Liv Morgan. He had the idea kind of being that this would be a, a swerve. Ah, uh, a <laughs> swerve. Classic WWE swerve. Classic swerve. And then lastly, uh, hey, yo, did you check the She-Hulk trailer out <laughs> and see that uh, David Otunga yeah. <laughs> is at some point going to be in She-Hulk? I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, he did not even speak, uh, which is means he's done just as much acting in this as anything else he's done. Um, <laughs> but I'm very interested to see what his up because it, it was like she was in like a speed dating thing. Yeah. Um, also, She Hulk looks really good. I mean, it's going to be funny. I can guarantee that. I'll watch anything with Tim Roth. Of course, I will watch. I'll watch <laughs> Jurassic Park too. <laughs> With Tim Roth, just because of Tim. I think, wasn't that Tim Roth? Was it Tim Roth? I'm pretty sure it was Tim Roth. <laughs> you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, go to our socials at two words LTN and say hashtag John was wrong about Tim Roth. <laughs> well, that's it for our first segment. When we come back, we got some impressions, so stay here. Hey everyone, I'm Kip Wilkinson, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today I'm reviewing the book, Black. Thomas Hunter is walking home from work when a bullet slams into the wall next to him. A fight ensues and he barely escapes with his life after suffering a traumatic blow to the head. When he safely reaches his apartment, he slips into unconsciousness and awakens in a dark forest filled with monstrous bats staring at him with piercing red eyes. Welcome to the circle. Thomas discovers that every time he goes to sleep, he shifts between realities. In one world, he is wrapped up in a global conspiracy wherein a deadly virus threatens to destroy all of humanity. In the other, he battles the forces of evil that threaten to overtake the Eden-like society that lives in peace. The lines between what is real and what is a dream become more and more blurred until the events in each reality begin to affect the other. Can Thomas save those he loves? Is he even sure those he loves are real? Black is the first book in Ted Decker's Circle series, a fantasy series in the vein of the Chronicles of Narnia. This book is for anyone who loves fantasy, especially fantasy that interacts with the modern world. This book pulls readers into a non-stop thrill ride, beginning with the very first sentence. This book is one of my all-time favorites. Possibly my favorite aspect is the clear representation of the gospel, without being too preachy. It's hard to walk away from this book unchanged and unmoved. I'm Kip Wilkinson, and remember, books are doorways into other worlds.
welcome back to the two words season three finale um if you are a fan of the show which i don't know why you wouldn't be we're a fantastic show we're awesome we are we are uh, we are awesome we are awesome uh and we're fun for the whole family most of the time <laughs> um <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but if you are a fan they of the don't show, don't even know what you're referring to. They don't, and it's probably best that they never do. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, you will know that sometimes Matt and I like to do impressions, and sometimes those impressions are actually half decent. Um, uh, you know, this whole this whole podcast relationship started, uh, you know, with with a. Uh, with a wrestling podcast that we did for the Back Row Radio Show, or Back Row Podcast. That's right. Yeah. Uh, where where we read the Bible as wrestlers, and I, that has always been one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, uh, you know, normally we do them of the wrestler we're talking about, but there's really no Undertaker impression. Right. Um, just talking hot. Just uh, really, just really gruff. I'm from Texas and I don't talk low. Uh, I heard him do that one time. He did. He uh, he he said, "Rest in peace." He went, "Rest in peace." <laughs> so obviously, like, you don't want seven minutes of that. You don't want <laughs> well, maybe you do. I don't know. Some good ADR, you know, uh, or ASMR. ASMR. What's ASMR? ADR? Audio, d- digital audio. Rep- I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not a tech nerd like you is. Um, and so we decided to. Uh, but since there's no real Undertaker impression, we decided maybe we'd stick with uh, two of our classics: um, my Dusty Rhodes and your Macho Man Matt. Yeah. Um, Matt does one of the best Macho Men I've ever heard. Um, Thanks. Especially in person. I don't think anybody else can do. I don't think I've ever heard a person in person do a macho man. Uh, you always hear him on like YouTube and I got you. I don't know. <laughs> you never know if that stuff's real or not. You know what I mean? Could be lip syncing. Could be lip syncing. Like you could be lip syncing. <laughs> and that's not okay. <laughs> Um, and so uh where, where even are we in this segment? <laughs> this segment is a little a little, little, little shaky there. Senioritis, man. Um, so yeah, episode, it, can be that, it can be that way. So, uh, so I guess I'll go first. Okay. Um, and uh, I have chosen to do a, a portion out of James one, chapter one. Okay. Uh, as the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Um, this is about endurance. Now, are you reading verbatim, or did you like rewrite it? Uh, I've took taken some liberties because okay. I basically just. Had Macho Man tell the story. <laughs> I, I've taken some liberties. Okay. Here, so. Because you see, we're talking about endurance. We're talking about joy. Be happy, brothers, when you go through hard times. Because everybody knows that hard times produces endurance. And you got to need endurance because it's going to make you stronger. You see, endur- you need endurance like the American Dream Death to Rose did when I became a five-time world heavyweight champion. Endurance like I had when I beat Ric Flair 25,000 times in a row, baby. <laughs> But you can't stop that, daddy. You got to get yourself some wisdom, too. You got to be smart. Smart like I was when I took on the four horsemen all by myself. 
But you, but if you lack wisdom, all you gotta do is ask. You got it, and you don't doubt God for one second. No sorry, why would you doubt? Cause when you doubt, you lack the rage and see. You're unstable and you're two-faced. So be confident and be humble, baby. God's got your back. <laughs> so good i love i'll beat rick flair ten thousand times in a row <laughs> very good very good i um i based my dusty Rhodes impression off of a uh if you go and you if you go on youtube you can find it um gold dustin Rhodes when he was gold dust did a dusty Rhodes impression on an episode of raw <laughs> oh, that's right um yeah and then he came out to to working man and, and did it and it's just it is so dusty <laughs> and it is great i used to do it really really high until i actually like listened to a lot of dusty Rhodes. and it's yeah. like oh no you're just like a low talking dude with a lisp <laughs> but that's lisp that's a lisp good. makes you sound like a baby that's very good, though. Very good. So, so what have you got for us today? What is the Macho Man okay, so, uh, preaching to us at this moment? So uh, we're doing we're doing part of uh, Samson's story. Ooh, Samson's okay. story. So I got it set up as My a promo. My nemesis. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> I got to get in the character. Do you need some water? You got some water first. Okay. the water, right? Ooh, yeah. Mm, okay. Mm. All right. Here we go. Listen up, Gene. Let me paint you a picture of how we got here. Get your canvases ready because the palette of the story is vast. I married Miss Delilah there, and no, our love was not perfect. Yeah, she may have been a Philistine, and I kind of hated her, but I was devoted. Okay. But then her father gave her to my best man while I was away. When my back was turned, I was betrayed. Okay. When I came back, this Philistine tried to give me his other daughter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hold up. Hold, hold up. up. And I may have lost my temper just a little bit. I am but a man. Okay, I have flaws, Gene. Oh, yeah, I have flaws. I could have gone and screamed into a pillow or maybe picked up a new hobby to calm myself down, but instead, I caught 300 foxes and I set their tails on fire and ran them through all the grain fields and olive orchards that the Philistines owned. And you know me, Gene, I like my foxes hot. The rest of the Philistines came and blamed my father Father-in-law and wife, and they took it too far, Gene. Oh, they took it too far. They rustled my jimmies. They came into my family's home and put their hands on them and burned them. And now it's the dawn of a new day, Gene. It's the macho man Randy Sampson's day. Oh, yeah. You see this, Gene? This right here is a donkey's jawbone. And I'm about to go no holds barred in a guy. Bitch, with a thousand Philistines, and I'm gonna make heaps upon heaps of their mingled bodies, yeah, and wash it down with a tall, cool glass of spring water from God Himself. This may have started with some hot foxes, but it's gonna end with some pine boxes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I am preaching that. That will preach, man. Oh, man, I lost it in the middle. Here's the thing. 
You never realized just how out there Macho Man was until you listened to the story of Samson being told by Macho Man. <laughs> and if nobody knew that was a Bible story, people would be like, yeah, that was just Macho that Man. Was, that's that's, that's sure, how he talked. I'm yeah, sure, sure. He caught 300 program. foxes and he just... <laughs> Set their tails he on set fire. the tails on fire. That sounds like a very <laughs> Randy Savage-ish thing to do. I love it, and I oh. hope you guys loved it. Uh, and if you would like more of this, please let us know. Uh, our socials at Two Words LTN uh, hashtag Give me more voices. <laughs> give me them voices. Give me them voices. <laughs> when. <we're- laughs> When we come back, we are talking about the dead man. So keep it here. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai. And this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. There's been an uptick lately in, I'm not going to say fan service, but of fans being rewarded for things they were hoping for and waiting for. Like uh, with Spider-Man No Way Home, there were people that from the minute we saw in the trailer that Spider-Man was in legal trouble, There are people saying, oh, it would be really dope if Daredevil was his lawyer. And, you know, (laughs) when that actually happened in theaters, like, I yelled. I was like, yay, it happened. Same thing with, you know, Toby and Andrew showing up. The first time Andrew popped through that portal, people, like, freaked out and screamed. Like, yay, it happened. We were waiting on this. And then it happened. Um... And even more recently, and I'll leave out details on this for spoiler's sake, but uh, (laughs) there was certain characters that we hoped would appear in Multiverse of Madness that not only appeared, but appeared with who we hoped they would be cast as. And I clapped so hard that my hands hurt for like four hours afterwards. But uh, it's this expectation of it, the things that we're actually hoping for in the geek world show up and by most cases we celebrate well and that's one of the things that just reminds me of in scripture in John one twenty nine, how before that John had been preparing the way for Jesus had been prepping people to be ready to receive him and then when Jesus showed up in John one twenty nine, it says the next day He saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so John had been excited about the coming of Jesus. He had been preparing people for Jesus. And the minute he saw Jesus, he boldly said, This is what we've been waiting for. And I think it would do well for us to actually be people who are still hoping for God to show up in our lives. That we don't just get used to things being a certain way. That we still actually hope and anticipate that God is going to show up and do things that only God can do. But that also that we would boldly celebrate and proclaim when he actually shows up. So that other people can still have that same hope that we have when our hope is rewarded. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on 
LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the Two Words Podcast Season 3 Finale, where we are talking about none other than the dead man, the phenom, the American bet... Wait. Yeah, careful. This is a family show. (laughs) The Undertaker. American Uh, Bad Booty. The American Bad Booty, (laughs) which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, uh, Of wrestlers, I think that you could find so influential wrestlers, of people who shaped... our generation of wrestling fan, mm-hmm. it's got to be The Undertaker. There's nobody better. And I feel like uh, the year that he, you know, this earlier this season, um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and it would just, uh, it would have been an injustice not to dedicate an entire episode. And I'm telling you, we could have dedicated this entire hour mm-hmm. to just talking about The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, b- so I guess the question is, what made him that way? I mean, what what made him such an influential? part of of our wrestling journey yeah uh quite a lot of things uh the the thing that always stuck out to me especially as i've gotten older and kind of understood uh learned more about the ins and outs of the business he has had tremendous respect for the business his entire career to the point where it's very clear he has never forgotten where he came from he has always remained loyal to WWE in the good times and the bad times. Uh, he never jumped ship. He stuck it out even when you know WWE was losing the Monday Night Wars, uh, and even when he became like the big one of the biggest names in the business. He didn't like let that go to his head. He didn't yeah. you know become this you know. Uh, arrogant, you know, person, which, you know, he earned almost earned the right to be, Definitely. but he didn't have that arrogance about him. In fact, he cared about the new guys and, you know, you can kind of tell the person that he was given the fact that he was the quote unquote judge for the, the wrestler's court yeah. you know, back there. Yeah. Like everybody trusted him to make the decision yeah. because they knew he would be fair about it. Well, and, and I think you're right. I think he set the bar in ring, yeah. But he also, you know, from from the stories you hear, he really set the bar for how wrestlers acted mm-hmm. outside of the ring, like backstage when nobody was looking. Like, yeah. you know, no, you're going to respect each other. You're going to respect where you know you're going to respect these guys who have been doing it. You're going to respect the guys who are doing it. You know, in the future, like respect was really his game. And I think that another part, you know. He, that that tenacity shaped his character. Yeah. Because you can very easily see him being like, you know, w- when he walks into a ring, everybody like immediately has this this reaction that you can tell isn't just a pop. Yeah. It is. It is not just like cheap heat. Like it is. It is. Oh, the Undertaker's music is playing, and I know what happens if I don't respect that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I know who he is, and so it's almost like you can definitely see. Like if he walked into a room backstage, 
people sit up straight or like people, you know, people act that way. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, getting more into our, our faith side of things. Um, there's a guy named John Randall's who used to talk about, you know, everybody is either a, uh, there's two types of people. There's supernovas and black holes mm. and supernovas come in and they light up the room and people notice when they're there and they change what's going on. People change when that dude walks in a room and black holes do the exact opposite. They suck all the energy out and everybody gets really upset. Um, you know, an undertaker really was that supernova. Like he walked in and people, people identified him and changed, um, you know what they did, but then you also look at what he did in the ring, and he was able to keep one character, essentially. Yeah. Um. You know, four or five different versions of that character, but one character for thirty years, which is incredible because, like you said, the versions he was his ability to successfully reinvent himself in all these different versions and still be believe still hold to that overall gimmick that is incredibly difficult to do for any wrestler one time yeah let alone multiple times over 30 plus years uh and it ring true every single time yeah definitely and, and you know we we give um the the motorcycle taker as as we might call him go. the american bad guy um <laughs> you know but that even still like it fits somehow inside yeah. of that was that was the most different because it cha- you know, they changed his music. They changed uh, his music. He did he more came, talking, did more talking. Sort of stuff. He came out in, on a motorcycle instead of slowly sauntering. Yeah, but even that was a really you know you, now that I'm just like thinking about it really heavily. You know the the original idea for the undertaker was like this old west undertaker yeah you know um the the ominous presence in those old westerns um and so putting that version of undertaker in the middle um uh, which i know we, we kind of we're going to talk about this but we'll just talk about it now um you know putting that right in the middle of the of the of the character helped him transition to kind of a mixture of the two but he's no longer like that that weird spooky right undertaker now he still has that he still commanded that fear though yeah even during that run now it's just a dude in a black trench coat that i'm very afraid of (laughs) you know um that can somehow make lightning right that's that's obviously more like his actual personality yeah which I think is great that they use that for his final match with AJ Styles. They oh, let yeah. him come back as that version of himself. And it's still in that match, there was still that that air of, you know, supernatural, supernatural kind of spooky thing. stuff, like him popping out of the grave. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. All that all that all that neat garbage that they threw in on that weird COVID uh WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh, they pulled it off so well. That was the best thing about that WrestleMania. 100%. Which, uh, arguably, not a difficult thing to do. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was really, really good. It would have been good in any WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was it was beautiful to see. Also, I'm, I'm surprised because he has been such a stickler with the business and the rules of, you know, wrestling. I'm surprised that he won his last match. Yeah, because that has traditionally been the rule is you lose your last match because you're supposed to be putting someone else over. Yeah, but 
I think if there was anybody in the company worth breaking that rule for, it was the the loyal the loyalist workhorse that the company's ever had. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I and I think that probably Undertaker would have glad, you know, oh, absolutely. happily lost that match, but he's also a, you know, I'm going to do what I'm told. Yeah. And that's just that's the end of it. I'm going to so if I'm told I'm going to win this match, then I'm going to win the match. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Um and that's that's the crazy thing is like you are so respected. You're respected by Vince. You're respected that much by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um who is not doing anything that's not going to make money, which is understandable, but you know, if if it's not drawing me money, uh then it's not it's not working. Right. But you know, I think the exception there there is the exception. Um <clears throat> he also had an incredible move set uh for his size oh, as well. Yeah. Uh the the last ride, the uh, the tombstone. Do you have more of that wall? Bob Drover. Yeah, I have another one. And um what I never remember what the thing where he walks on the rope is called. It's called old school. Old school. That's all That's it right. is. Which is um, a weird name. Right, which is why I never because I'm always thinking it's gotta be some sort of weird supernatural name. Yeah. Uh, or death name. But anyway, his moveset is is iconic, classic. Uh he's a, he's an incredible athlete, which um is not always very common with the big men. No, like he's 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 I, traditionally, or I mean not traditionally, but he's he's uh, throughout his career been very agile, very fast when he needs to be. Um, I remember one of the first wrestling games that I played, video games, um, and the first time I played as the Undertaker, and I accidentally I don't know what I was I was button mashing I think at the time, um, and I hit a button and Undertaker. Does a lariat leg drop, and I'm like, "Why are you jumping and flipping? Like you just <laughs> just doing a standing somersault is really what he was doing." But he could do that in real life. Yeah, he absolutely could. Um, He's very resilient, yeah. um, and he had a couple rough years. I remember, I remember a few of those streak years where we're just like, "Yeah, maybe we maybe we should be done. Maybe we should wrap that up." But. uh even then, after that, he would come back and he'd look amazing. Yeah, uh, and wrestle amazing. He always was able to convince you that he could do more. Yeah. Um, and he's this is still not ruled out the possibility of it either. He says that <laughs> he has um, recently brought up. Well, you know, I don't know. I saw Stone Cold over there, and he looked like he was having a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stone Cold did look like he was having a fun time. He, my gosh, he was a kid in a candy store. Um, <sighs> it was great. Um, and and honestly, I, I think that you know we talk about this character, but legitimately in the ring. Like you knew, you know that that match is really, really good. Oh yeah. So if I was thinking about it, if if I was talking to somebody and they were trying to get me to convince, and I was having to convince them to get into wrestling, and it's like I'll watch four matches or I'll watch five matches. Um, I'll give you uh, Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker one and two. Mm-hmm. I'll give you Triple H versus Undertaker one and two at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and I'll give you Edge versus Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And those are five of the greatest matches ever put together yeah. by anybody. And yeah. they were they were like one right after another. 
They really were, yeah. Like there was a there was legitimate, you know. When we talk about those streak years, uh, you know, when he wrestled Roman Reigns, and it really wasn't, really wasn't all that great. And we talk about the streak years when he wrestled, uh, you know, even the Bray Wyatt match. It wasn't super great, which I don't think was his fault. But um, was that the one with the overhead projections of? Maggots and junk. No, that was uh, that was Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Oh, okay. Which was okay. equally awful. It was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there was legitimately, we, you know, we forget there was a string of like, <clears throat> six or seven years. I mean, it was Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Triple H, and then CM Punk. Yeah, which and, was also a good one. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, that's one of my favorites. It was one of those like, you know, <clears throat> you've made, you know, that a guy has made it when. They're gonna give him thirty minutes at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. or they're gonna give him forty-five minutes at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how you know you've you've garnered some respect. What are some of your favorite uh, Taker moments? Uh, so, like we said, you already—I mean, you mentioned my my best ones, which is that four-year stretch of the two HBK and two Triple H matches. Uh, it was really good that second um, HBK match because they put it on last they learned they figured it out they learned that undertaker these undertaker matches need to be the main event yeah uh and so they did that i think they did that for at least one of the triple h matches too um taker winning his first wwe championship at survivor series 91 versus hulk hogan uh which is one year after arriving the wwe uh, I really love the storyline where the Undertaker kidnapped Stone Cold from the hospital and attempted to sacrifice him before Kane saved him. There were some weird <laughs> moments there. Uh, of course, the Hell in a Cell match with Mankind. Um, I know that's typically thought of as a Mankind highlight, but the Undertaker was pulling off some pretty Nobody else could have done that match yeah. with Mick Foley. Absolutely. I mean, he really couldn't have. Um, and you talk, you know, and and I'll go back. I could spend an entire podcast talking about Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, you read in Shawn Michaels' book, like, that first match was so good. Yeah. That first match was so good, that match uh, convinced him to retire. Because he, he tells a story at the beginning of his book, Wrestling with Faith, that uh, he went home. At, he went back to his hotel after after the WrestleMania, and he was sitting on the edge of his bed. And his wife was like, "Are you okay?" And he's like, "I that should have been it. That should have just been it. That should have been the last match. I don't want to. I don't want to wrestle again. <laughs> like I don't have to wrestle. You when it's so good." It wasn't like I don't want to wrestle. It's like I don't have to. Right. There's nothing else to do. Um, was it that first match that he, uh, Shawn Michaels came in as basically the anti Undertaker? Yeah, came from in like the he white, ascended the white from the trench ceiling, coat, yeah. the white cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, that was beautiful. Um, that whole match, man, piece by piece, that was such a <laughs> great piece. And you know. In that match, there's a moment where he does the the uh, the tope suicido. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a tope suicido if you do it over the top rope? I don't know. I don't know. He did it. He he jumped over the top rope, um, and like he landed on a cameraman, but he oh, almost right. landed on his head. That's right. And there was like Shawn Michaels. You see that like it's really the only botch in the match. Really, you see Shawn Michaels pull the pull the cameraman. And it's like, Undertaker was 100% willing to snap his neck in half <laughs> on behalf of this match. But so few people, I mean, like, you, you, 
so few people would have any problem getting in the ring with Undertaker because oh, they yeah. they knew they knew they were going on the same way. Um, yeah, I don't think I I can't recall him ever like injuring anybody. Yeah, or anything of that nature. Like he's a safe worker. He takes care of the people he's wrestling with. Um, I love uh, the moment of him popping out of the casket when, during his feud with. Uh, Randy Orton, mm. after Randy Orton had set the casket on fire, and then like a few months later, he came back. Um, that was really great. I think also one of the one of the greatest moments to a WrestleMania buildup uh, was, was him and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh, when was... Brock Lesnar yelled, I'm going to kill you, and The Undertaker could have said anything right there, but he chose to say, you're going to have to. And it's like, <laughs> oh! It was great. Like, I was 10 years old, and I just <laughs> loved it so much. Like, that is a movie scene. That was it. You can't. Yeah. Martin Scorsese couldn't write that. It was a beautiful few. Despite the fact he doesn't write films. But still, that, that doesn't matter. That's where they had, uh, like, 100 guys down there trying to separate them. Yeah. When that happened. I mean, that oh. was so. the buildup to that match was so good. It was. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, uh, so do you ever think there's going to be another? I mean, of that magnitude. I'm not even going to say, like, somebody who could come in and strike fear that same way. Right. Because um, I don't think... Because I think anything in the fear realm, uh, it would look kind of kind of like a ripoff. <laughs> it would just be a ripoff. That's what it would be. So, like, we, we look at, like, Stone Cold, The Rock. We look at John Cena, all these... these the bigger names, the bigger celebrity. Yeah. Okay. But when it comes to the actual, like, just the wrestling, just the focus, and the length of it, and the quality of it over time, no. No. First of all, WWE doesn't take enough time to develop characters like this anymore. We saw that with both incarnations of Bray Wyatt. If anyone was going to be the next taker, it probably would have been him. But yeah. they wasted the opportunities, threw away months of development, and fired him, despite being one of the most popular characters in recent history for WWE. Yeah. Uh, and there could also, I mean, so much of, especially the back half of Undertaker's career was defined by the WrestleMania streak. They're not going to be able to pull anything like that off again. Taker built a lot of his mystique around matches that aren't done anymore as well. Uh, or at least not done in the same way. You know, Hell in a Cell, Buried Alive matches, Inferno matches. These things just aren't, you know, Hell in a Cell is a glorified cage match these days. Yeah. It's not really, it's not what it was with Mankind. Yeah, anytime, anytime somebody now is like, we're going to do it in Hell in a like, uh Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. the the Cody Cody versus Seth three is going to be a hell in a is going to be a hell in a cell, and I'm like, okay, it's going to be good, but it, I mean, it's not going to the the fact that you're just going to have a, a harder floor around the ring to suplex him on, and you're going to toss him into the little chain link thing a couple times. That's yeah. really all the, the that it adds to it anymore. Yeah, um, the buried alive matches were some of my favorite matches. Uh, early on, you had those with uh, Mankind, Stone Cold, uh, where you actually throw your opponent in an open grave and bulldoze a whole bunch of dirt on top of them. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you don't do that. You can't do that anymore. No. The Inferno matches, first person to be set on fire loses. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Uh, like all that added to like this big air of like you know, these, these matches were reserved. 
for The Undertaker. The Undertaker wasn't in the matches. They rarely ever happened. Yeah. And that just added this whole new level to his character. So even decades later, as he's just wrestling at WrestleMania and they're just straightforward matches, you still have that whole back catalog in your mind thinking, but I know what this dude's capable yeah. of. What kind of crazy junk it's this never... guy used to do. <laughs> I just, and, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't and, think we'll have You know, you, you had the streak. Um, and, I, you know, walking into his match with Edge, which you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. or with Triple H or with Shawn Michaels or CM Punk, there was always something in the back of your head that was like, well, this story could go a different way. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a, he had a way of being able to tell the story where it's like, yeah, I might lose. I don't know. You know, and not a lot of people could have a 16 match win streak and still convince you like it, it's it could be over at any any WrestleMania. Who knows? Right. Like he was the one that, that kind of convinced you of that. Um, I don't think that there is any anybody that I don't look at anybody now and think, oh, he commands respect when he walks into a room. Yeah. Like this. Not yeah, uh, not at that level. Not at not at that level. And it's it's like I don't know. How do you where do you even start? <laughs> you know, the fact that he had such a um such an air of invincibility with the streak that when Brock Lesnar, who is a massive human being who destroys anybody in his path, yeah. When he won, nobody could believe it. Yeah. Like, if anyone's going to beat up an old, frail man, yeah, it's going to be Brock Lesnar. But still, when that happened, everyone's like, no, this is impossible. That's the phenom. Yeah. How did he do it? Why? (laughs) Why? And that is one of the most heartbreaking but powerful storytelling Endings to one of these matches. Yeah. And uh, it was beautiful and painful. And I'm glad they ended that WrestleMania on a big high note. Yeah. Because everyone was really sad after that. Yeah. Match. Yeah. That was definitely not. That's supposed the, I, to be... I watched that whole WrestleMania 30 before mm-hmm. this year's WrestleMania. I'm like, man, this was a roller coaster of emotion. It was so. <laughs> My emotions. <laughs> Well, some uh, some quick facts Ooh. about The Undertaker uh, that I have. Um, before he got into wrestling, he went to Texas Wesleyan College, Texas Wesleyan University, um, which didn't know he was Methodist. Um, guess you don't have to be Methodist. To... Isn't that the Wesleyans? I thought they were their own thing. Oh, maybe they're maybe they're. Um, I'm not. Uh, it, yeah, I don't know. No, uh, no. Now we have to know. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's Methodist. Okay. Yeah, yeah so Methodist cause, theology. Because John Wesley. Um, oh, dear. I'm a, think, I'm a thinking man. Um, went to Wesleyan College on a basketball scholarship and even went over to Europe and played some G League basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Um, that was when big men could play basketball. 
Like that Harry was Bird. when, yeah, that was the time of like Bill Lambeer and David Aguirre. And it's like, you had guys who were legitimately like, you know, six eleven, right. you know, 250 yeah, yeah. pounds. They were just like <laughs> these giant guys that would like punch people in the face. And, or they would um, just stand at the goal on yeah, the other side. Like that was, that was back when you could do that. They could just drop it in. Um, there was a weird time between, between then and then, and yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Real name Mark Calloway. He has wrestled under the name The Undertaker since 1990 with monikers such as The Phenom and The Dead Man. However, that is just the last of 10 names he has gone by in the squared circle. What? Earlier incarnations included Mark Callis, Mean Mark Callis, Mean Mark, Dice Morgan, <laughs> <laughs> Texas Red. Commando, The Punisher, The Master of Pain, and Kane, The Undertaker. That's right. We forget That's that right. Kane was originally the name uh, for The Undertaker, and then uh, around 91, they just kind of dropped it uh, out of nowhere. Um, I also forgot he was a redhead. Yeah, yeah. You kind of forget that <laughs> he was he was a weird-looking redhead, too. Um uh, and uh, Undertaker shot in the WWE became, came uh, because, do you know what film got The Undertaker his WWE chance? Oh, I feel like I've heard this story, but I don't remember. Suburban Commando. Yeah. Uh, he played uh, the bad guy. Um, the the super strong bad guy whose goal was to destroy the the immortal Hulk Hogan, um, and the Hulkster noticed his strength and acting career, and after finding out that he was a professional wrestler, he called up Vince McMahon. I think that sounds more like Hulk Hogan's telling of the story because Hulk Hogan can't stand not being the guy that found the guy. You know, For real, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, those are just some some fun things. I also think he's a black belt in Brazilian. Jiu-jitsu, um, which wow. he's very big for doing Brazilian. Like, there's no, he's so big. I don't think there's a weight class for him to fight in. <laughs> if he decided, you know, because everybody talks about, oh, you know, you could have gone into MMA, and because he's he's done some MMA stuff, it's like I don't think there's a weight class for him. <laughs> I really, I don't think there's anybody there. I don't think he'd be allowed, like, by any, yeah. <laughs> by any group of of fighters. Uh, well, you know, that's uh, that's that's. That's our uh, limited discussion about The Undertaker. I'm sure we could spend a lot of time, and maybe someday we'll spend more time. Well, I mean, look, if you if you haven't been uh, keeping up, go watch the Hall of Fame cer ceremony from this year and listen to his Hall of Fame speech. It's fantastic. It shows. I mean, that's the other thing we didn't really mention, is that he stayed in character. Oh, yeah, for 30 years. For 30 years. He did not ever break character yeah. in public when he was seen around. You know, he was always The Undertaker. And to see him break character with, like, I guess the first real time was with the Last Ride documentary. Yeah. Uh, a couple years ago. And to see him break character in this speech uh, and talk about who he really is and talk about his wife and talk about his faith, which was an awesome thing that I'm glad they allowed, you know, on the, thing, on the show. Like, it was just a... A really neat wrap up to his career. I kind of hope he stays out uh, of the ring and just let this be the end of it. But um, watch that speech. And if you don't get all the feels that we have for The Undertaker, then you're already dead inside. <laughs> you're, you're just, 
You just aren't alive. Um, well, that is our show. This is our last show for a little bit, but we will come back bigger and better than ever, I promise. Um, we will be doing some streaming, because uh, I think at, at least, least one. one of the shows is... Uh, uh, is it SummerSlam? SummerSlam? SummerSlam and then Survivor Series. Or do we do Survivor Series? I think it's Survivor Series first, isn't it? I don't no. remember. No, SummerSlam's in August. Um, and Survivor Series is almost always in November. Is it? Yeah, almost, it's almost always the weekend after Thanksgiving. Well, August is when we'll be coming back, too. So okay. I guess there won't so be you anything may never miss us. over the next two months. Um, also, <laughs> if, uh, if you live in the Lubbock area, or Amarillo area... Um, you might see us at a wrestling show. Oh, yeah, we're going to try and do that. We're going to try to... June 25th? Hit us... Yeah, I think so. Hit us up. Saturday uh, night. We'll all go watch wrestling together. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Or we'll try. We're going to yeah. try. We're going to try. And get we'll, we'll, all, we'll holler at you. We'll wave <laughs> from a distance. Um, uh, but we thank you guys for listening to the show. It's, it's always amazing that anybody wants to hear anything I have to say about anything. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm always in shock. Because um, sometimes I don't even want to hear what I have to say. Sometimes I'm like, man, you should stop talking. Kind of like now. Um <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will be back. If you haven't, uh, head on over to any of our socials at Two Words LTN. I have made it. I have said it correctly every time this All season. season. You're correct. I am doing so good. Also, check out oh, lovethynerd.com for all the other shows that are in the podcast network and a bunch of articles and uh, all that good stuff. Our, join our communities. Um, I mean, we're doing LTN Con in person this year. In October. Ooh. So if you want to learn more about that, uh, follow our socials, uh, our at Love Thy Nerd socials. If I go to LTN Con, can I suplex somebody? Um, I will bet you money someone will be willing to do that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, listen, if, if, if Bubba has let you pile drive him through tables uh, in this very as a room. teenager. In this very room where we are at. I this think is we can where make that it happen. happen. Well, uh, again, once again, thank you guys for listening to us. And we thank you. Uh, we thank you, Taker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to thank you for all you've done. Because I know you're <laughs> listening out there. Um, and we will be back in August. But until then, my name's John. His name's Matt. And if you're not down with that, we got two words for you. Goodbye. Season finale.